Amen. Good evening. How's everybody doing this evening? Sounds like it. All right. Hey, well, um, if this is your very first time to First Church, uh, let me introduce myself. My name is um, Pastor Kevin. And um, if you don't know First Church, we are one church at three different locations. We have a location here. We have a location, obviously. We have a location in Stevensville, and we have a location in Benton Heights. And I am your campus pastor at Benton Heights. And so, um, again, my name is Pastor Kevin, so it's good to meet you. If you're a regular at First Church, then it's just me, the same OG. Um, if you're under 30, you'll know what that means. Uh, so, uh, hey, welcome. So, um, we've been in a series entitled Lessons by the Lake. This is our fourth week in this series. We opened up this series um, looking at a story. What we're doing in this sermon series is we're taking different stories of Jesus and his disciples that have taken place lakeside. Jesus spent a lot of his ministry right by the Sea of Galilee um, for many reasons. Uh, One of the biggest reasons is because the water acted as a natural amphitheater uh, for him to speak, and it would would be able to magnify his voice so the multitude of people could hear him. Uh, So the first week, we looked at uh, Jesus um, being asleep in the bottom of a boat, and the disciples were freaking out in the middle of a storm. The second week, we looked at Peter walking on the water. Uh, Last week, we looked at uh, Peter and the miraculous catch of fish. Uh, Peter was done fishing, and Jesus said, hey, take your boat out into the deep. And it was then that Peter caught all these fish. Nets were breaking. He had to call for help, put fish in his friend's boat. Boats were sinking. And so um, tonight, we're going to continue with this theme. But what I want to do tonight is I want us to take a look at our spiritual life. I want us to take a look at the spiritual growth part of our lives. Uh, How are we doing there? Where are we at in that spectrum? Where are we at on that journey with our spiritual growth? I've been a Christian now for some time. A lot of you uh, have been Christians longer than I have, so you can attest to this. But in my own experience, my own experience, my own personal spiritual growth, for me, It seems like getting on the world's longest roller coaster. Am I off on that? Or is that right? Or is that just my life? Um, But it feels like getting on the world's longest roller coaster. And and, and here's what I mean. I mean, I I love love roller coasters. Um, I don't ride them anymore because they make me dizzy and I'll vomit afterwards. But up to a few years ago, I really loved roller coasters. Do you guys remember your very first roller coaster? I remember mine. Um, so a little backstory. Uh, my parents never took me and my sister to Six Flags, ever. I grew up in Dallas. We have one of the largest Six Flags there in Dallas. They never took us to Six Flags, but they did take us to the Texas State Fair every year where we would, like, eat corn dogs and, like, ride things like the Texas Tornado or something cleverly named like that. But never have I been on a roller coaster. It wasn't until like I was a junior in high school that I went to Six Flags with my girlfriend and her family. And I remember um, on the ride there, uh, they were asking me, what's your favorite roller coaster? And I probably said something like, Texas Tornado? I don't know. Because I've never been on a roller coaster. And and so after the awkward ride there to Six Flags. We get out, and everybody, of course, jets to the front door of the park, and as soon as they get in, what does everybody do? They go to the brand new attraction. I think the brand new ride at that time was the Batman ride, and so it was that moment that I got really honest. Um, 
with myself, and I had this moment of truth with my girlfriend. I was like, listen, boo. I called her boo. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I did not call her that. I was like, listen. <laughs> Makes the story a lot better, though, doesn't it? Which one do y'all prefer, boo or just her name? All right, anyway, I, I, was, I, I was like, listen. I was like, I'm feeling really sick right now. It's 120 degrees out here. I really don't feel like getting on this ride. And she bought it, and I didn't have to ride it. And so I thought to myself, man, maybe I can do this the entire day. Eventually, she got upset that I wasn't riding roller coasters, and her sister's boyfriend said, I'll ride a roller coaster with you. And it was that moment that I was like, hold up. No, you won't ride a roller. There will be no riding roller coasters with my girlfriend, with my boo. I didn't call her that, though, you know. And I was like, no, with my girl. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to ride a roller coaster with her. And so I got in line. And the worst part about your first roller coaster is the line, isn't it? Man, just the nervousness and the butterflies are going through the line. Because the line isn't just you walk up to it. The line is like two and a half hours of torture of you trying to change your mind. Then you're in the middle of the line. There's 200 people behind you. So you can't turn around and get out of line. And so you're just stuck there. And in that line, I got honest with my girlfriend. I was like, listen, I really have never been on a roller coaster. And she thought it was cute, you know, whatever. And, and, and she told me, we get up to the front, and she told me, she said, this, this roller coaster has two loops in it. I was like, cool, okay. And so we get in, we get strapped in, and I'm thinking because it has two loops that we're going to, like, have some kind of shoulder harness, man, and some kind of, like, all this stuff. All this roller coaster had was a lap bar. We had two loops. So how is this supposed to, like, save me? What are we going to? So I was freaking out. I was holding on the whole time. I was yelling. I was screaming. But, but at the same time, I was excited because all this adrenaline was going through my body. And as soon as we got off, I wanted more. I wanted to write another one. I was scared out of my mind, but I wanted to write another one. And that's how our relationship with God looks a lot of times. We, we, we get on this spiritual growth roller coaster. We buckle in, and it's filled with these spiritual highs, and we experience God in our lives in ways that we've never experienced him before. And, and on this spiritual roller coaster, we're anticipating the turns because we can't wait to see what God's going to do in our lives next. But then there's also those spiritual lows. Whenever you get off the roller coaster, and the roller coaster is just, it's not as thrilling as it was advertised. Or your friends get off the roller coaster like, man, that was awesome, man. What would you think about it? And you're like, ah, it was all right. And sometimes we have those spiritual lows in our lives. And that's exactly where the disciples are in our story tonight. John chapter 21, verses 1 through 14. It reads this. It says, afterwards, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter... Thomas, Nathaniel from Canaan and Galilee, uh, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went, and they, got, they, they went out and they got into the boat. But that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize it was him. He called out to them, friends, have you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. When they did, they were unable to haul in the net because of, because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. 
As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him and he jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from the shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals. There were there with fish on it. There was some bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have just caught. Simon Peter, he climbed back into the boat and he dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many fish, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, he took the bread, he gave it to him, and he did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. So here you have the disciples. They're kind of in this stagnant place spiritually. Because Jesus, who they were used to seeing every single day, they were used to spending time with him every single day. They, 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 they were used to seeing miracles every day. They were used to having their faith increased every day. They were used to being challenged and inspired by his teachings every day. This Jesus was now gone out of their lives. He died, and he rose again. And so now Jesus is gone, and they only see him spor sporadically. Matter of fact, they only saw him twice since, since he had died and rose from the dead. Only twice, and both times in the same place. And so, and so, so, so it's been a while since their last encounter with Jesus. And when some time has gone by, when some time has gone by without feeling the presence of God, you begin to go back and do what you used to do. And hence, Peter says, I'm going to go fishing. Now, 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 whenever we see this, a lot of people can see this or read this in the wrong context. Because when people read this, they, they can look at this and be like, oh, well, there's flaky Peter. There goes Peter who, who's faithless. There he goes giving up. There he goes going back to fishing, maybe. Or could it be that Peter is simply recalling all the times Jesus showed himself when he was on the water, when he was in his boat, when he was fishing? So, so, so maybe, maybe I like to think that Peter had this sense that maybe, just maybe, if I did what I used to do whenever I felt the Lord's presence, maybe he'll show up again. Maybe I'll sense him again. Maybe he'll come walking on the water again. Maybe he'll do that one trick again where he'll tell me to put my net in and I'll get all these fish. Just maybe his presence will be there. And, and you know, when you're stagnant, when you're in a stagnant place spiritually, you're willing to try anything to sense God's presence again. And for Peter, he went back to the water, which isn't a bad idea. Tonight, if you're struggling spiritually, Maybe you need to revisit that one thing. Maybe you need to revisit that one thing that brought you into the Lord's presence. Maybe you need to revisit that one thing, that one practice that you used to do. Maybe you used to get up every morning and you used to spend every morning connecting with God in prayer and meditation. But you kind of got away from that. Maybe you used to really dig into God's word, but now you're busy and you kind of shied away from that. Tonight, what I want to do is I, I want to share three things really quick. Because if you're in this spiritual state of it maybe being stagnant, because, because, 
Because spiritual growth is kind of like a roller coaster. And if you're in this state where you're feeling kind of stagnant, I want to share with you three things to help you get out of that state from this story. First thing I want to share with you is this. Maybe you need to modify your method. Maybe you need to modify your method. One thing with stagnation in any area of our lives, stagnation has a way of causing us to think that something's wrong. If you're stagnant in your life, it makes us think that something is wrong, that we're doing the wrong things. And so if I need need to stop doing the wrong things and start doing the right things to get out of this funk, that's not necessarily true. Let's go back to the story. Peter's on the water. He's in a familiar surrounding. He's doing something that he's done for a lifetime. But recently, he hasn't had the best of luck. Let's look at the end of verse 3. It says, they went fishing. They went out that night and they got into the boat. But that night they caught nothing. 